Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right. Um, I'm Matt. I'm the DM for this, our second Blizzard Watch D&D game. Uh, with me are a motley assortment of people who have no idea what they're getting in for, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. I'll start first with the guy who won't get to talk much during the actual game. Uh, Mitch, introduce yourself and your character. Hey, everybody. Uh, My character is a bard, because that's what people on Twitter voted for. Because, I don't know, you either hate me or you love me, or both. But uh, that's what's what's up. Um, It's a, what's it, Kenku? Kenku, yep. It's a bird thing. Uh, notable in that it can't talk. It can mimic sounds, but it cannot talk. So, I'm a bard who can't talk, but I can mimic things. It's going to be fun. Um, other yeah. n- our other new player for this session is uh, Joe Perez. Joe, why don't you introduce yourself and your character? Well, hello. Some of you may already know me from my greatest hits, such as Lorewatch. Uh, and I will be playing Willier Russpark, a wannabe noble gnome who likes magic and hates dirty things. He'll probably not like Mitch. <laughs> okay. Um, also with us, with, returning with his appearance last time, uh, Dan O'Halloran. Dan? Hey, everybody. I am playing a half-elf druid, and uh, like last time, I'll probably just be in bear form the whole time. The whole time. So, uh, Mitch, you won't be the only one with speech impediments here. A D and D game where one guy is a bear and won't speak, and the other person is a bird and can't speak, <laughs> and we're live streaming it. Yep, I'm pretty sure uh, I saw this Disney movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> next up, she was here last time, so uh, Deb, go ahead and introduce yourself and your character. Hi, I'm Deb. Um, I am a deal. Um, I am a dwarven cleric. And um, right now, I'm nowhere near where we were last time. Yes, you you ran back into the hallway. I ran backwards instead of going forwards, which possibly is a metaphor for this character, but we'll find out. If not a metaphor for the entire campaign, yes. Um, Finally, Corey, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself as well? 
hey, I'm Cory. I'm Zellin the Elf Fighter, and that's a fighter who's an elf, not a fighter who only fights elves. But he could be both. We don't know. True. Well, all right. Stick around and find out. Hopefully, uh, we were having one more player. Uh, hopefully, she'll show up. But if not, we'll just do the best we can with what we've got. Um, um, do you have a, a quick fun. recap of what happened last time? Uh, you don't have to worry about it. I don't? Okay, cool. Okay, to set the stage, um, we've got our little group of people. But right now, we're going to focus on Medeal. Uh, Medeal, you're in a hallway. You remember it from when you climbed up. Uh, you started heading back. The, the hallway is, however, astonishingly warm, much warmer than you remember it being. I think I got all the way back to the stairwell. No, you didn't get all the way back to the stairwell because if you look now, the stairwell isn't actually there anymore. The molten rock bubbling up from it, that's there. Quite a lot of it currently filling that entire space and very quickly moving in your direction. But the stairs aren't there anymore. That's a major uh uh-oh. That's correct. Uh, I'm going to turn around and... Start running as fast as my little dwarven legs can carry me in the direction that I think they went. Or I, the last time I saw them, they were headed in that way. Okay. The uh, molten rocks seems to be stopped by the lip of the door because the door doesn't actually go all the way. The doorway doesn't go all the way to the floor. There's actually a space that comes up and you have to step through. That seems to be holding it in place for now. Uh, you hear like the sound of, as a dwarf, you'd be relatively familiar with the sound. You hear the sound of the rock subsiding under the lava, but it has not actually subsided yet. Um, Can I close those doors? I don't remember. I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. Go ahead and try if you want to, but just again, being a dwarf, you're aware of how heat conducts. You're pretty sure if you try getting near enough to close those doors, you are going to get hit in the face. Get hit. All right. Well, we're just going to continue. Onward to see if I can catch up with the, the party. Okay. Uh, this takes you about four rounds. While you're doing that, you're basically, I'm assuming you're moving and then moving again for your action. So you're double moving, which is 50 feet. Yes, I'm moving as fast uh, as I possibly can. When you get to the room, uh, you see there's a bear sitting on the tiefling. There's um, these, the, the water sorceress has you know, got her hands kind of over her face, sort of just rubbing near her temples. Um, and you see the, 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 the elf with the, the sword, just being an elf with a sword. Um, um, guys, um, we may have to evacuate. There's lava coming behind me. Right now, it stopped at the hallway at the lip, but it's kind of coming a little faster. Uh, people who already have high enough perception for this, so I'm going to say, um, Zelen and, yeah, Zelen and Kevlin, you can both feel the ground shaking. And if you look over the, 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 the edge of the giant jaw that you appear to be in, you can see that everything is moving much more than you would expect it to be. And it occurs to you that it isn't moving, you're moving, that you are standing on something that is shaking. This is probably not the best time to mention this, but, the floor is moving. Do we maybe uh, I'm going to look around for like any that? exits. The uh, only way out... I mean, you could jump off the side right now. You are in a giant open mouth. You're effectively on a stone... It's a, effectively like a stone platform that is made out of a skull. And you are in the skull. The skull is apparently turned into rock and is part of this 
the mountain formation, and it is jutting straight out. Uh, you can look up and actually look through the eye holes. In fact, the eye holes, that you remember from last time, there was a ship tethered to one of the eye holes that is the reason that the, the tiefling tried to jump to her death. And on the other side, there's another ship tethered to the eye holes that has been apparently abandoned. Yeah, maybe we should see if that one is um, sailable. Okay. Uh, so you guys are going to get on the ship? Which, yes. what the What's the order? Like, what order are you getting on the ship? I'll go first. Uh, I can go next. The tiefling, once Dan gets off of her, assuming he does. Um, yeah. Uh, I... Can can I can I check for traps? Maybe I should because you know I, I'm good at traps, and I don't want to sound too pushy about this, but we traps are bad. Can I can I can I look for them? Maybe I go first and look for traps. Sure, yeah, that's probably a good idea. We only have one ship. Dang. Okay. She finds the really nasty explosive Ooh. trap on the platform that leads out to the ship, and she's like, "Whoa, this wouldn't have been good." Um, takes her a couple of moments, but she disarms it. it doesn't actually take a lot of work. Uh, also, if you're coming, if you're listening to the stream, guys, uh, Liz just showed up. Liz, can you quickly uh, introduce your character? Assuming you can talk. Uh, I hope I can talk. I'm Kanahe. I am a water ganase sorcerer, and uh, that's that's kind of it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the tiefling rogue has successfully disarmed the rather huge bomb that was on the gangplank, and she heads over onto the boat. So who's following? I was Corey, then uh, Gim, then Kevlin, I believe. Yep. So Kanahe, you're in the you're in the back. Sure. Okay. The first thing you notice when you step on the boat is that uh, it is just a boat that is floating in the air. There's nothing on it that would explain this. There's no balloon. There's no structure. It's just a float a boat floating in the sky, and it's very clearly floating there because the tethering is not holding it up. For one thing, it's not slack. Second thing you notice are tubes. There are two glass tubes on this boat. Uh, they're both kind of leaning up against what would be the, fo- the forecastle. Uh, so if you head upstairs, there's like stairs on either side of the tubes that go up to the top area where you would see the, me- the, 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 the prow and so forth and the big mast that has the giant sail. Um, one of the glass tubes has a large black bird in clothing and the other has a gnome. The gnome's clothes are relatively well made. But that's what you see uh, in these glass tubes. Finally, the, the last thing you see is a gnome, not a gnome, a goblin, attempting to hide behind the glass tubes, kind of forgetting that they're glass tubes. So he's fairly visible. Are the creatures in the tube awake? They do not appear to be awake, no. Are they wearing the same kind of crowns that we were wearing? That is correct. Hey, guys, there's... Uh... They're doing the same thing to these guys that they were doing to us. I think that goblin is trouble and needs to. Do you mean like go overboard, go? Did you just say that, or are you still a bear? No, I can't. Yeah, I realized as I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be quiet now. You can say you can say stuff just as long as it's not like direct statements. Your your right. character, it's you can say things. So just keep that in mind, Mitch. That also goes for you when you get around to you. Um, <laughs> so what do you what are you guys doing? <laughs> about this situation. Um, I'm uh, looking back toward the hallway. What's the state of the lava? You can't see the hallway from here because you're basically out the giant eye hole of an enormous skull. skull. Um, it's very obviously a skull with a huge pronounced muzzle 
and massive teeth. Uh, this thing was very large in life. You don't see the hallway. However, the when you do look back, you see the top of the mountain because you are now outside of the mountain. And the top of the mountain is a lovely festive cherry red color, although you don't think it's supposed to be going a couple hundred feet in the air with that. Um, in fact, you're relatively positive that's not good. That, that's probably not good. Um, guys? Um, What's we- also frightening here is that you're not hearing a lot. Like, it's not making a ton of sound. It's shaking, but they're not hearing the the noise you would expect. Um, maybe we should figure out how to cast off and then wake these guys up. I'm not sure we have a whole lot of time here. Who knows anything about sailing a boat? I I am a sailor, literally. Okay. Uh, go ahead and make... Do you have navigation, I believe? Let me actually go look at your character sheet real fast to make sure. Do, do, do. Sometimes I forget all the skills. I'm sorry, guys. It's a lot of skills. Uh, I'm going to say that would be survival, but you get advantage because of your sailing background. I mean, I'm proficient in water vehicles. That's yeah. That's almost. this isn't yeah. This isn't a water vehicle, but because you have the sailing background, I'm going to let you roll. It's a survival check, but you get to roll with advantage, so it's two d twenty and take the take the highest. So nineteen. Uh, plus one is your proficiency, so that's a 20. Yeah, you, you're pretty confident that once the, the ropes are cut, if this thing behaves like a boat, you can get it away from the, uh, the island, but you, I mean, the, the volcano, but you need to be doing it now. Somebody needs to be cutting some ropes or otherwise getting you clear. I'm gonna start cutting one of the ropes. Okay, you guys see, uh, Kanahe start cutting one of the ropes. They're just ropes, so. I'm going to help. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna need, let's make this simple. And you can roll with advantage, and if somebody else helps, you get a plus two to the roll. So roll 2d20 and plus two for everybody who helps. Who's helping? I'll help. Okay, so that's plus four. <clears throat> can I chew through the ropes? That'll add another plus two. Great. Okay. Uh, it shouldn't be, it should be Liz who's rolling. Everybody else oh, just okay, adds advantage. Okay. When do you, okay, you only rolled a 15, but that's, you got, there's three people adding, so. That's 21. Uh, you can roll again if you want to try and get higher than 15. And you did. Natural 20. You get the boat basically separated off pretty easily. There was only three three lines mooring it, so you easily cut them. Uh, when you do that, the first thing you feel is that the boat drops a foot. Like you feel it fall a foot, and then it just stops and starts going up. That's unusual to you. You're not used to boats having... They usually go up and down with the water. They don't just go up and down. That's a strange sensation. But you turn the wheel and the sails fill up, which is weird because there's not the wind that's coming is coming. You know, there's a pyroclastic explosion happening over there. The wind shouldn't be working this way. But the boat starts moving off, um, and it doesn't take you very long to point it directly away from the volcano. Uh, that part works fine. Uh, this this thing is like a relatively large sailing ship. At this point, while this is happening and Kanahe has got the wheel, um, the goblin is trying to sneak past y'all, but Kevlin, you notice it. It's heading, it's moved out from behind the tubes and is very quietly heading towards this, the first door downstairs. Okay. I will uh, get between him and the door and growl. The rest of you see the bear growling at a, the goblin who is now like realized he has been seen and throws himself flat on the deck. Then I make hungry sounds. 
Okay, make a performance check. Okay, let's see. I mean, this is basically because to you, bear sounds just sound like bear sounds to most people. <laughs> it's like, it's a bear. I don't know what that means. Uh, where do I find my performance? Oh, there. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, plus zero. All right. Is it a uh, 20? If you have 1d20. All skills are going to be 1d20 checks. Okay. Okay. With a 10. It's certainly threatening because it's a bear, but you don't know if the goblin gets the sense you're going to eat him, but it just assumes you're going to eat him because you're a bear. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, definitely not the most fun the, the goblins ever had. He, he or she, which is really hard to tell, filthy, uh, wearing a set of overalls that are also filthy, uh, large pair of goggles that are over their eyes, and matted, filthy hair, uh, holds up th- their hands and goes, don't, don't eat me. Don't, don't eat me, friendly cat. Nice kitty. Good, good kitty. I, I help. Adil stifles a snicker. Can, can someone get the cat? Please, very big cat. Don't like. Excuse me? Who are you? I, this my boat. I assume you have a name? No. Why I need name? Master tell me what to do. We're going to take this boat and we're going to get out of here because the top of this volcano is exploding. Do you understand that? Um, hot stuff, yes. Hot stuff need to run, run castle of master. I, I, think, I think it's our boat now. The goblin is not giving you any trouble on that score. The goblin is currently backing up because there's a giant bear in front of it. I think I shall call you Bud. So anyone else doing? I want to go look at the glass tubes a little more, see if there's a way to open them. Okay, uh, make a straight-up perception check. Actually, no, this is investigation. Roll investigation, since you were actually looking at them. Perception. No, not perception, investigation, but... Uh, they're smooth crystal or glass. You can't tell which for sure. You thought it was glass at first, but it feels a little odd when you touch it. But there does seem to be some kind of handle apparatus on the side that you think could open it. You're not 100% sure on that. Mischief pops up and goes, um, uh, maybe I could check these too? I mean, that's kind of what I do. I look for traps. Yeah, go check these out. I'm going to ask the goblin if they know anything about this. So I'll go back to the goblin. Say, hey, goblin, uh, if this is your boat, tell us about these tubes on the front. Uh, those are the, the next stage. We gotta keep them. Gotta keep them. Can't, can't lose them. Gotta keep them. Next stage, next stage of what? What are you doing here? I don't know. Just what I'm told. This is probably what we would have ended up if we hadn't broken out. You gotta, you gotta make sure they are maintained insect. If you displease me, you shall suffer as no being has suffered in 10,000 years. So I make sure I keep him. He sounds like a pleasant personality, doesn't he? One time I tried to give the master a licorice stick for throat. Did not like. Wouldn't do again. Do we have any idea what is powering the boat yet? Um, You can make an arcana check. And that's everybody can make an arcana check if you're curious about that. Remember, like, you should look at your character sheet and add the, uh, your arcana bonus or tell me what it is so I can do it. 
I'm a plus zero, so that's a... Yeah, same. Okay. Uh, Kanahei, being a little expert with things of the arcane, although obviously her, your power is much more based in your elemental nature, uh, you've heard of... There's there's various cities around the Riaton that have this kind of airship. Usually there's there's the the ones from Piador use airbags. They have giant balloons that hold them up. Um the ones from from Nazjatar, however, use straight magic. Um you actually notice as you're running the uh the the wheel to to keep the ship to, to direct the ship away from the the island that there's a large seat behind you. And that seat is carved with runes and sigils on it. And it kind of, you can feel it sort of pulsating. It, it gives off kind of like, it has a magical presence. That's somehow linked to the ship in a way that allows the ship to move. Uh, you suspect that if somebody else had tried to do this who didn't have any kind of magical ability, the ship wouldn't have moved. The ship only moved because you did it. But as to exactly how it works, no, you don't know enough to, to get into that. It's magic. What more do we need to know? I was just thinking that if we open the tubes and let those people out, because obviously whoever took us was going to do something with them, and I don't want that to go through. That seems like it would be a bad idea. That voice alone just screams bad idea. But I didn't want to open the tubes and have them be the thing that was keeping the ship up in the air. So has Mischief figured out if there's any traps or anything? Should we be worried about opening them? I don't see any. Look fine to me. Then I say we open so, Bud, what's in the bottom of the ship that you were so intent on going down there? The launch. I was going to get away before your your cat eats me, or you eat me, because dwarves like to eat goblins, or or that elf would eat me, because elves, elves eat goblins. Oh, I don't like to eat goblins. You're too stringy. That's exactly what someone who eats goblins would say. Bud, we're not going to eat you Uh we're, you're probably in as much difficulty as we are. No, uh, I am trusted and valued. One time, the master ripped my soul out of my body, but then he regretted it, so he made me a new body out of the tubes. I've had, this is my sixth body. I even have both eyes this time. See, he gave me both eyes. He forgot, he forgot. that he didn't like my having eyes, so he burned one of them out because I displeased him. Does the master have a name? I suppose. Uh, you wouldn't know what it was, would you? Why would the master tell me his name? Do you tell your furniture what your name is? The master considers you furniture? No, he likes his furniture. I see. Insignificant adult. Why would I waste my time explaining my plans to such as you? That's what happened to my my second bird, bird brother. Don't ask questions. Don't like questions. Just do what you're told. Yeah. We need to get these guys out of this these tubes. Oh, okay. Uh, he gets up, kind of gives Dan a look. He's, like, he's giving Kevlon the, the, I will walk around that as far as I can while still going where I'm going. Heads over to the tube with the bird person in it. And unless someone says something, he's going to be pulling that lever. I think we should let him do it. Okay, well, they didn't, no one said anything. Boom, levers pulled. Uh, bird person falls out, like the, the thing cracks open, and it literally just dumps the bird person out onto, onto the deck. Crown falls off. Uh, Fizzle, you're now conscious. The last thing you remember 
you were sneaking around the streets of Piador with your family. Um, and now you're here on the deck of a boat with people you don't know. I'm going to wave. I narrow my eyes and scan from person to person, trying to figure out who I can trust and who I should Well, you see a water genocide up at the back who's kind of steering the boat that you're on. There's a filthy, filthy goblin who's heading, walking over towards another glass tube like the one you just fell out of. Um, there's a bear, a straight-up bear, just sitting there on the deck kind of looking berry. Um, and there's a dwarf cleric. Uh, you think a cleric. You're not 100% sure. Um, and a, an elf who's pretty heavily armed. That's that's. Oh, and there's a purple tiefling who's, you know, kind of weaving and smiling. Hi! Hi! Don't mind us. My name's Mischief. Um... Did you do you remember getting kidnapped? Okay, I I ignore the tiefling and walk up to the other two and inspect it. I, I look like I want to open it, but I'm not quite sure how. The goblin kind of jerks away when you come walking over. Like, ah, I hate it when they move. Oh, right, I let you out. Okay, um, I'm gonna open this now because the cat wants me to. Reaches over and pulls the lever and. The same thing happens. It kind of splits open and disgorges its its occupant. Uh, when it does so, Joe, your character, goes face first into the deck. Um, the crown comes off again. It feels like the crown coming off is part of this. Like It just pops right off. Um, you come to consciousness with literally your face pressed up against wood and all these people around you. Uh, well, uh, this is unpleasant. Where am I? Who are all of you? Hi, um, I'm I'm Mischief. Uh, it just really fast. You've been kidnapped. We're escaping that volcano, and oh, that doesn't look good. Uh, everyone, I, I actually didn't need these checks in without you guys seeing them. Uh, Kevlin and um, oh, sorry, Conahay, you two hear this noise because you haven't been hearing much from the volcano, which has been very surprising. But you do hear the sound of something, and you turn to see what it is. And you realize it's wings, because something has been hatching out of that mountain this whole time, and it's finally tearing itself free. It's enormous. It appears to be practically made of volcanic rock, and it has a wingspan easily three to four times the size of this ship. I look up at it, and I repeat what I just heard Joe say, and pointing at it and say, unpleasant. That's a big dragon rock thing. I'm just going to glance behind me and say some things in primordial that do not sound complimentary. Perhaps we should go faster. I I think that would be wise. Can we make this thing go faster? Let's go faster! Let's go faster! Okay. You get, basically, I'm going to give you guys a free round to to come up with stuff you want to do, and then we'll probably go into initiative after that. Uh, Bud? Bud, do you know how to make the boat go really fast? Make the slaves sit in the torture chairs, for their life essence shall fuel my powerful craft. That sounds also unpleasant. Also, also who is that? Who, who are? Who is this little creature? Is he with you? No, he, this is his boat. We we commandeered his boat, and and I'm Medeal, by the the way. Do do you have a name? Uh, I, I'm Willier. I think that introductions can wait. We need to get away from that. Uh, well, if I'm going to die on this vessel, I, I might as well know who you are. Die There's later. A very, very loud sound, and you realize the wings have just beat again, 
and it's tearing itself free from the mountain. Uh, now that you can look at it, it's got a very long neck, and the head shape is suggestive of the skull that you were standing in. Smaller than the skull, but still pretty big. Um, it's its head alone is probably close to half the size of the boat you were standing on. Um, I'm going to go downstairs. Okay. Uh, anybody else? Uh, I point toward the front of the boat, and am I able to make, like my best impression or mimicry of whatever a fast boat sounds like. Sure. Yeah. You, the, the Kenku is going and pointing toward the front of the boat. Uh, at this point, I'm going to say kind of, Hey, you can go ahead and make a survival check again. You still have advantage because you're familiar with craft. So it's roll 2d 20, keep the highest. And, and since your survival is one, you add plus one to the roll. So, okay. So 16, Plus one. Yeah. Um, so. 17. All right. Kanahe, it occurs to you to do one thing, and you do it. You sit in the chair. As soon as you do sit in the chair, you feel like the boat is a part of you. Like you're not looking through your own eyes anymore. You're looking through the boat somehow. Um, and you do feel much stronger. Uh, for one thing, you're now aware that you have cannons. You have mm. like six cannons on each side of you. Um, you're also aware that you can order the ship to go faster, and it does. But you're also aware that this doesn't feel sustainable. Like, you feel like you've just started running up a mountain. Like, your mm-hmm. heart rate is sped up. You're you're already having difficulty. Like, you're, you're, you're feeling a little trembly in the limbs, it, even though the limbs are the, the mast and deck of the ship. it's it, it feels simultaneously like you're much larger and more powerful, and you are the ship, and at the same time that you are working yourself like a dray horse just to do this. Uh, how far away from this creature are we? You, in, let's say you've, it's been like a minute and a half. Every six seconds is around, so we'll say you've moved 8,000 feet away from it. Like you've, you can move about 160 feet in a second, in a round. So you, you can actually move relatively quickly. The, the boat is not slow. The problem is that you have no idea how fast it is. Yeah, can I still like, talk to everyone else while I'm doing this or am I like you can try okay good news we can go faster bad news I cannot keep okay the entire ship vibrates and you all hear this like it's the ship saying this to you like you don't hear it from Kanahe's mouth you hear it from the boat um also Gim you, Gim, you went downstairs I wanted to go downstairs to see if there was any kind of propulsion system. Okay. okay. Even just oars to row. I mean, he talked, he got really strange in the voice and said something about using your soul to make it go faster. Well, I don't know if I want to use my soul, but I want to look and see what's down. Okay. Um, go ahead and make a perception check since you're basically, you won't have time to really go very far. You have time to poke your head down and look, but you don't have time to actually go downstairs. Okay. Uh, That's a six. Yeah, that, you don't see a whole hell of a lot. It's pretty dark. Um, you do see there are a bank of there are what looks to be like banks of of seats next to like the side of the boat, but there's no there's no oars. There's nothing like that. This is like more like a galleon than it is a, like a this is not a trireme or a, ro- a rowing ship. Uh, but what you do notice is there are banks of seats that have little bit of those arcane squiggles on them and chains. 
that you see. At this point, the boat moves another 120 feet, and the creature seems to have pulled itself completely free of the volcano. It is now in the air, stretching its wings, beating at the air, making a <coughs> noise as it does. Um, the uh, wing beats are very loud. It is not. It does not appear to have noticed you yet. You don't know if it is going to look for you or what's going to happen. Do we have any idea how much farther we have to go? Well, you are over the... You are definitely on an island. You are over the island now. It's a very large island, um, but there's water all around it, and then there's other islands in the area around it. Some of them almost as big. But this is not a place you're familiar with. You don't know where it is. I'm going to... Is there anything on the top deck that looks like a weapon? A large weapon for dealing with large dragons? Not on the top deck. Uh, well, no, actually, that's not entirely true. Uh, I didn't, well, you didn't make a roll, but whatever. I, I already screwed up. There's something that looks vaguely like an arbalest up front, but it's not a design you've seen before. Um, you don't know that you'd know how to use it, but it's definitely up there. Can I go investigate it closer or figure it yeah, out? You can, absolutely. Mischief will come up with you. She's like, I, I can, I'll try and help. What do you want to do? I want to be able, if that dragon thing gets any closer to us, I want to be able to use this to make it stop. All right, uh, go ahead and make an investigation check. You do have advantage, so it's, uh, you have advantage because Mischief is helping. Reroll advantage. It's uh, slash R 2D20K1, and then add whatever your investigation bonus is, so, you know, plus whatever plus your bonus is. Uh, six. Okay, um... You can turn it. It has a rotating mount on the bottom that can it can basically have a um, 180 degree field. It can go from the left to the right, so port starboard and front. You can't turn it to actually point behind it, so you you have to have the front of the ship somewhat facing whatever it is, but not. It doesn't have to be pointed directly at it. It just has to have it uh, next to it or otherwise. It just you can't turn it to actually shoot at the ship essentially. Um, that has a field of fire that does not quite go behind itself. It is loaded. Um, there are several large javelins near it. They're not they're not javelins like a person could use, but they exist. It'll take the two of you like around to get it loaded because it is not currently loaded. I'm gonna start loading it, or that's what I want to do. Okay, that's your reaction for the round. Anybody else? Uh, can I aid him in loading it? Sure. It won't it won't increase the speed, but you can absolutely help. It's going to take a round. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Anyone else? Uh, How am I feeling about continuing to control the ship? If you keep sitting in the chair and keep moving the ship faster, you're using your own energy. You have maybe five rounds of this, and then you'll either have to get up or you'll pass out. This is like, it almost feels like you are pushing the ship by yourself. I'm going to stay here for maybe another round or two and see if we can get any more distance and see what happens if it notices us. Uh, I'm going to say there are cannons, guys. I go find the cannon when I hear that. I see if I can find one. Okay, um, that's an investigation check. Yep. Until your pulp BCQ. I have no clue where a cannon is. Actually, um, <laughs> do you have, uh, let's see, you rolled a four plus five and a nine. Yeah, this round you don't find one. Um, you know, just, Dear just magic voice, can you tell me more specifically where one is? Do you want me to draw you a map? Yes, that would be most helpful. I am going to go down into the hold. Okay. 
Uh, new, this is now the top of a new round. Uh, before we go into that, Kevlin, did you want to do anything? Yeah, I'm going to shift out of bear form. Okay. And then um, do the check for the cannon. Okay. Uh, you need to make the same roll, the same investigate check. Uh, my investigate is plus one. So it's roll D, D, 19 plus one. 19. Well, okay, no, it's not 19. It's uh, 10. Oh. But 10, 10 is enough. Um, remember that you didn't have the K1, so oh. you actually just added 2D to 20s together, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Kevlin, turn, the, the bear turns from a bear into a person, doesn't say anything, goes downstairs. Uh, you are presented with, next to the the uh, seats with the arcane sigils on them, there are, in fact, uh, glowing cylinders that the ship seems to be making itself. They are pointed out the, the port and starboard sides. You'd say there's about six, no, 12. There's 12 of them per side. They they look like cannon to you, but you are not tremendously familiar with cannons. You're a druid that has spent very little time in cities. Uh, and elves aren't really big on cannons in the first place, so the, the elven half of your heritage wouldn't give you anything on that. Um, but you think, th- you think you've worked it out. You think that's what those are. That those are essentially cannonballs for the cannons? The uh, no. The glowing things oh, no, are the cannons. Are the cannons. So yeah. we need this to find make... ammunition. Uh, just going to give you this one because uh, oh. the goblin could tell you this. Oh. Uh, the slaves would, would be that. You, you sit the slave in the slave bench and manacle them, and then you can use their life until they die. Oh, oh lovely. I think I hate this boat. So, sorry, to be clear, does that mean there is no available ammo? There's available we, ammo. We, we're just the with, ammo. We are just, the ammo. Right now, the ammo is kind of hay. Uh, after she uses up all of her life energy and the boat kills her, there won't be any ammo. Okay. Mm, so much easier when I can smash or growl at things. Per. How's how's the dragon looking right now? Is it is it moving toward us more? Does it not it's, see us? Still? It's on. It's on the mountain. Like it's effectively wrenched itself free, but it's now using the vol- the volcano as a giant perch. There's molten rock spraying up over and around it. It in itself appears to be made of rock. And there's like veins of bright red visible rock throughout it. Like it looks like it's it's like made of molten rock with like m- like less molten rock as like har- hide armor and more molten rock visible throughout it. Um, it has a massive, massive head, but it's very long. It's a long pointed head, very gracile. It's shaking itself around like, like you might, if you know, since you're a bird yourself, when you wake up in the morning, you might shake yourself and then do some preening. It looks to be kind of doing something similar. Like to you, it looks familiar. Um, you can't tell if it's noticed you or not, or if it even cares. You might not be important to it. However, at this point, Conahay, you need to make a survival check to keep this boat. Well, you need to make a survival check, and I'll tell you what happens. <laughs> okay. Nothing. Um, the uh, problem with piloting the ship away from a erupting volcano is all the stuff erupting out of the volcano. Uh, at this point, the sails of the ship shudder, and you can feel this happening since you are currently sitting in the throne. Um, lots of small red-hot rock particles have just gone through the, the, the sails of this ship, and it's listing. 
It's having trouble staying up. How far up? The- How far what? Off the ground, are we? Oh, uh, that's kind of hard to tell for sure. It's not something you've ever had to deal with while navigating, but at least the height of the mountain. So between seven and 9,000 feet? <laughs> I was going to recommend maybe maybe we land. Maybe we take the ship down and don't fight. <laughs> I do I would not agree with that. I, I am going to navigate downward as fast as I safely can. Okay, make a the same roll for for handling the ship. Uh, with my survival bonus. Yep. Remember, you have advantage because you do understand this better than anybody else would. Plus, you're plugged in now, so you're completely part of the ship. Okay, so hey. nineteen plus one is a twenty. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're aware that you can move this ship. You have the ship can do something called um, effectively it can do a, a gallop, for lack of a better word. This is equivalent to twice your move as a move action, like as an action. You can move and then take an action to go twice your move. So that's roughly 120, then 240. It's 360 feet in a round. Um, in order to do that, you will basically have to do no other actions. While you're doing that, you can actually add another 360. You can effectively double it again if you spend a spell slot. And that's a that's a canter that's a first level spell. If you expend a first level spell, that'll double it again. You don't know what will happen if you use a higher level spell slot, but you know that you can basically move uh, 600, uh, let's see, yeah, 360, 720 feet in a round if you spend a spell slot, and that'll get you one tenth of the way to the ground. <laughs> but you don't know what so, a higher level spell will do. Um, can I go find I- the water genasi? Can you find what? The water genesee? Yes, you, you know exactly where she is. You don't know that it's a water genesee, but you know that, that who the command, where the commander of the ship is. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to get, I, I saw her get in the chair and do the thing. Well, you didn't see it, but you know where it is. It's pretty obvious where the, the seat is. Okay. The, the other people, they, they can tell you for that matter. I'm going to go find her then. Okay. You go upstairs, head up the small stairs that you were actually the, your, your tube is next to and there she is sitting in the thing with the wheel in her hands looking kind of grim can i help uh make an arcana check and you can respond to his question however you want to 17 you could theoretically add you could go sit in one of the slave chairs and add your essence to the ship and increase her the options for every person that was plugged in the ship would have more options it would have more power all right well we have a problem in that this is draining my life energy, and I'm probably going to pass out before we get to the ground. So, oh. do, do you, if anyone wants to help... Yeah, do you need me to take over? You can tell me how to steer things. If you just took over, that would basically be trading, and then you'd pass out. Right, but do I have... I would have... I'm a fresh body, right? Essentially, yeah, but, I mean, if you took over right now, then when you pass out, she'd just have to take it back. The... There is no real benefit other than you'd both of like you could relay the ship down that way. You're both going to be unconscious. Can I? Well, okay, okay. So here's here's what I'm I'm trying not to meta here, but is there a way that I can take my spells, my arcane energy, to throw it into here to assist her, or is that yes. just going to be sitting ha- in the chair? You'd have to go sit in one of the slave then chairs. I'd go sit in one of the slave chairs. Okay. You feel. Essentially what happens is when he sits down, his spell slots become yours for purposes of getting the ship down. You can spend them instead of you. Um, 
it will also split the danger. It splits the amount of energy it takes to move the ship. Like effectively, instead of one person pushing a boat by themselves, it's now two people pushing a boat. So it's it's about half as draining for each of them. It's still pretty draining, but it gives you instead of like six rounds, you now have twelve to get the boat down. Yay! Which if uh- you're it's theoretically it goes from I'm gonna pass out before we're halfway down to we'll both probably pass out, but we'll be on the ground. I'm fine with that. Did the rest of us hear that, or is it just uh, if they say it out loud right now that the two of them do are does my you know, voice am I able to use my voice? Sure, the ship would vibrate. Then I I, I relay that. I, I, well, the uh, the arcane chairs seem to give us more get up and go. Uh, it, it hurts though, and if there's more of us, it'll probably hurt less. So sit in the chairs. Maybe take that little creature fellow and throw him in one. Mischief is like, well, okay, I can, I can sit in a chair. I don't really know. I don't I don't do magic, but I can sit in a chair, I guess. And she goes and sits on one of the benches and goes, ooh, oh, I don't like that. Mm. No, it is it is rather unpleasant. The goblin is now just kind of standing there. It has heard the boat say this and clearly doesn't want to get in a chair. Absolutely not something that that goblin wants to do. Um, I, I don't, I don't, the, the master says that I am unworthy and I will be consumed and, and my punishment will be eternal. Can I attempt to pick up the goblin and force it into one of the chairs? Okay, uh, go ahead and make a grapple check. You're basically making an attack roll. Is that just, is that just roll d20? Roll d20 and your proficient, add your uh, bonuses and so forth. Let me look at your character sheet since I know this is new to you. Should be a plus um, two, I think, by default. Yeah, he's got a proficiency of plus two, uh, but strength is minus one, but agility is plus four, so I think it would actually be like a six. So roll d20 plus six? Yes, roll d20 plus six. (laughs) Uh, Okay, you you definitely hit. Now it's opposed strength checks. You have a minus one on your strength check, so roll 1d20 minus one. For anyone listening, I rolled a 26 on that. That's why it's very funny. Okay, you successfully forced the goblin to sit in one of the chairs. Please, no, please, please, bird monster person, please. Ah. Okay, after doing that, I just kind of stand over it and stare and make sure it doesn't try to leave. Okay, it doesn't seem like it really can. (laughs) That's also the case for Mischief and Willier. They they don't also, you don't feel that you're capable of standing up while you're in this thing. So someone will have to pull you out. I relay that. Anyone else getting in a chair? I think I will stand here and watch um, in case they need healing. Okay, so that's Mischief, Willier. I'm going to stay at the Arbalest. Two, three. Okay. All right. New round. Um, Anybody else doing anything before we move on to the next round? How many chairs are there? There's enough benches for literally everybody on this ship, then some. There's like 20 on each side. All right, I'll sit in one. I guess I'll go upstairs and sit in one. No, they're only downstairs. Oh, great. Then I'll just they're sit in the hold. Okay. Um, that's enough. Okay, that's a fifth person. At this point, the strain has been diffused enough that nobody feels like in danger of passing out anytime soon. So oh, it's no fun. I'm going to make two rolls. You hear a screeching sound. That is, it's, it's simultaneously like... Um, for, in fact, for Fizzle, this sounds an awful lot like the noise your mom used to make when you were very small and you would steal something out of the nest. I you supposed to have. would steal something? Yes, <laughs> that's correct. Almost all baby, you know, all young Kenku would. And the, the objection of me that you'd make, you almost make it again now. 
because it sounds so much <laughs> like that, but it's also like a volcano erupting at the same time. It's the two sounds are somehow joined together in an absolutely horrifying way. That is kind of fascinating to you as a bard. Like you, you know, you're going to remember that one. Um, it has definitely noticed you and Kevlon, you're enough, you're knowledgeable enough in nature to know what I am hungry and that might be food sounds like. At this point, however, you are relatively far away from it. You're traveling to the ground at about 1,000 feet per round, uh, which is pretty fast, actually. You, you, the wind is whipping. You, you're heading down pretty quickly. Um, we, and you we are, were, what, seven or 8,000 feet from the ground? You were, seven, you were roughly between seven and 8,000 feet from the ground. And more importantly, you were about six to 8,000 feet away from the mountain. Um, so okay. it may not get to you immediately. It's definitely taking to the air. Uh, and it's moving very quickly. Like it beats those wings once and it shoots forward. It actually looks like more another plume of the volcano going off for a second. As you're, the, the people who are on the deck and can see it at this point, I think it's just mostly, uh, it's uh, Corey and Kanahe. Kanahe can see everything through the ship as if she was. In fact, if you concentrate, you can do that too. If you're in the, the seats, you can actually use the ship as your, your, vision, your central vision point. So you can all see this except for people who aren't on the deck or in, in seats. So that that would be moving. me and Gim, correct? Yeah, you and Gim can't see it. Uh, but everybody else is either on the deck or in a seat. They can see this thing booking at you it it cleared it cleared half the distance you would put between it and the mountain in a single round i am not pleased with this i relay the information to those that can't see it uh top of the order kanahe you get to go first because you are in the captain's throne um what is on the ground beneath us can i see what trees it looks to be somewhat possibly temperate forest in fact you see there are some birds actually taking off from it because there's a volcano erupting. Ah, so we stay in the air and, and we get eaten by a dragon or we go down and get burned alive by a volcano. What? Well, the volcanic eruption is far enough away that you don't think it's actually reached here or even close to having reached here. Um, it, it's weird in that it is primarily like lava and it's primarily, it seemed to be most of it was the dragon thing coming up. Now that the dragon thing has come up, it doesn't look like anything else is actually coming out of the volcano. Oh, that's about the only good news we have. Um, I'm going to keep steering the ship down toward the forest. Okay, make another check. Okay, dang, you're getting some good rolls in this. Uh, considering you now have, I believe you have four people plugged in. Uh, yeah, I think it's four. you, you know, Willier, um, the the goblin named Bob that you guys named Bob or Bud or whatever you named him. Um, Mischief. Actually, no, you've got five people. You can drop 3,000 feet, which I, is actually I faster than it can go. <laughs> oh. So you're I getting... Have a, I have a technical question. Okay. In our last game, I used some spell slots. Do... Are we considering... Would I have those spell slots back this time? Because you, we no, had time you, to take a rest. You, you didn't have time to take a rest. This is directly after last time. Like this is seconds after. Use mine. But I only have. It doesn't actually matter because with this amount of people plugged in, you haven't had to spell in the spell slot to do this. You're okay. drawing from other people. Like right now, it's everybody else is the one feeling tired. Uh, Willier hasn't even actually had to spend a spell slot. You do, however, feel 
tired. You're, you might, you feel like if this continues, you'll have to, you'll get a point of exhaustion. At present, you don't have it, but you feel like it might happen. Uh, but that's, the ship drops 3,000 feet. At this point, you are moving very quickly. It doesn't feel uncontrolled, but it is very fast. Think 3,000 feet in, ten, in like six seconds. You are moving very quickly. Um, you're moving quickly enough that the dragon can't actually reach you. Uh, it isn't moving that fast. So you're kind of watching it get a little smaller as you head down, but you're kind of getting a sense this feels an awful lot like we're going to smash into the ground if we don't level out. Uh, yeah, I would I would like to make a safe decision. Yeah, well that's for next that's your next oh, round. Okay. For this round you you've got you've gotten halfway to the ground. At this point you can actually see the tops of trees and you think you can see a river. Um, the banks of a river are visible. It's a relatively large river too. Anybody else? Uh, the people who are plugged in can't really do anything, but um, anybody else? I would like to fire a shot from the cannon, not at the dragon, but at like the the ground or the environment near it, thinking it might distract. You can't because you're not plugged in. I can't Cannons make the goblin do it. You how? <laughs> I don't know. Shaking it a bunch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead and make a performance check with disadvantage to attempt to get a goblin to shoot cannons by shaking it a bunch. Uh, okay, what's, sorry, what's, what am I rolling there? You have a plus five on performance, if I'm not mistaken. I do, so... Roll 1d20 plus five. <laughs> the Kenku, you guys don't really know very well, goes up to the goblin, goes... <laughs> and shakes him a bunch. Uh, he, she, or it goes... ah. Yeah, and the cannons don't point at the ground; they point to the sides. They're like cannons on a ship, so they they fire. They don't hit the ground or anything, but they do fire. Um, you feel like a, all of you feel a little bit like you're gonna gray out for a second, <laughs> but you don't actually pass out or anything. You just you feel the Mitch, no. <laughs> <laughs> I do bird monster things. I don't know. Does this have any notable effect on the... I know I can't see it, but... Yeah, um, you can't see it. Um, those of you... Actually, you know what? Hold on a second. The the dragon thing actually does veer off a little. Like, it doesn't want to head directly at the sides of the ship because those things might hit it. It doesn't... It, it seems to either, through intellect or instinct, understand that it doesn't want to get hit by a broadside. So it does veer off to the side, giving you a little bit more distance. Anybody else before the round turns over? Uh, does anyone look like they're in distress that maybe some healing would help? No, it doesn't look like anybody's taking any injuries or anything like that. And you don't know that healing would help them because it's not like a it's not like a wound or anything. It's it's like getting exhaustion. You can't cast cure light, cure light wounds on an exhausted person and make them not be exhausted. It doesn't work that way. So you're not sure that you can actually do anything. If this kills them, you, they, you may just be watching them die. Anybody else? Can I point the arbalist more at the dragon? You can turn the arbalist so it's pointing at the side. The dragon is not directly next to the boat, so and it's very far away. It's easily 1,500 feet away, well out of the range of the arbalist. Uh, the arbalist's like effective range is like, like 150. Um, okay. So you can turn it, certainly. The chances of you hitting that thing are so small. I'd let you roll, but you'd need to roll a 20 to, to even have a chance to hit it. And that, that still might not hit it just because of distance. The penalty is so vast. 
The Arbalest is not designed to work at this range. You're actually yeah. noticing, you notice that the Arbalest puts a chain on the end of the javelins that it fires? Okay. You're relatively certain that, that that's a grappling weapon, that that would be used for boarding attempts. Then I'm probably just going to head down and join the others. Okay. Are you sitting down, or are you just standing there? Uh, I'll sit down. Okay. That makes this even easier. Uh, you guys feel when uh, Zelen plugs himself in, effectively, it disperses the load across another person and makes it less straining for everybody. Um, go ahead and make another check. If I keep firing the cannons, could I kill everyone at once? Except Gim. Speaking, it's not, the goblin's not likely to do it again because they felt that feel, that sensation and didn't want to feel it again. They're not going to waste shots. They, you might be able to scare them into it, but they probably won't. Okay. For that matter, the other people could countermand it if they all decide no that it won't happen. <laughs> okay. I, think, I think we're all in the Mitch No train right now. <laughs> Just a hypothetical, man. It's the Mitch No boat today. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Yes, that's, that's Mitch No. 13, all right. This round, you only dropped 1,500 feet, which is not enough to get you to the ground. It is enough to get you well within sight of the ground. At this point, you can I... see there are, there are multiple trees. There's a river that you could actually aim for. That seems to be your best bet in terms of putting the boat down without smashing it into the ground. Um, the island is relatively is very large. Um, you're getting the sense that this would have taken you quite a while to get clear of it. It's... Not it's it's like I'm trying to think of a proper term here. Do you know the the rough size of Newfoundland or Labrador? No, I don't. Okay, let's. Well it's big. It's like like a hundred, maybe more miles across. Like you're not sure where this could possibly be. Even you, with your navigation background, you don't know where this is. Like you can't think of an of a hundred to hundred and fifty mile across island like this that you've ever heard of. The uh, Dragon has closed the gap. He is capable of moving roughly 2,000 feet and around. So he's closer now. He's still more than 1,000 feet away, but he is closer than he was. Doesn't seem to want to get too close too fast because of the, the cannon side that went off. Um, doesn't Apparently understands what cannons are. So uh, what do you guys do in this round? I continue to sit in a chair. Okay. <laughs> I need everybody to make a constitution saving throw. Who is everyone who's sitting in a chair? So that's another d20 plus our constitutions oh, no. save model. Oh, no. Um, hold on real quick. Uh, I do have bardic inspiration, um, and I'm still down there on the deck. So anyone who can hear me gains an inspiration die, 1d6. And I'd like to do that before we find out what happens here. Okay. I'll let you get away with that, although I shouldn't. So yeah, you've got a 1d6 that you can add to your roll. Um, but I'm going to be up front with you, Joe. That ain't going to help you. I, I'm well aware. It's not going to help me because I'm not doing anything other than standing. For yeah, those that can't sure. see at home, I rolled a, a, a whopping 2 on my d20. Plus 1. So, 3. <laughs> Corey, you don't, you, have, don't have Corey, you don't have to. Don't bother. It's not a super difficult roll. Just, just to let you all know. What Corey has rolled is what you need to roll. If you roll above what Corey rolled, you have succeeded in the save. Mischief slumps and falls forward off of the bench and hits like the, the wood. She's like on her hands and knees now. Um, this also happens to Willier. You both fall off. You can't. Your, your bodies basically say, F this. 
and you you fall out so you don't end up. Am I at zero hit points? No, but you do take a level of exhaustion. This increases the load on everybody else, so the difficulty for next round will be higher, um, and it slows down how fast the ship can go. You really wish somebody hadn't fired those cannons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, but that's that round. Sorry, really quickly, can I ask uh, why you said you shouldn't have allowed me to do the bardic inspiration there? You can't tell people that you're using it after, like they make, they're making the rolls. I told them to make a rolls. You can't decide. Oh, I'm giving everyone inspiration now. They need to have it. You have to decide it's, to give it to them before. That yeah, situation. It's order, of oper- order of operations, right? Like it has to be there. This isn't. But it. we're not in combat. Yeah. So I'm being fluid with this. Like I'm. Oh, okay, sorry. The only reason I did that was because it said this can be added after seeing the roll, but before. Yeah, but the but you, they have to. You still have to give them inspiration before that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. It's because stuff is fluid here that that's fine. Um, okay, next, basically, if any, unless anyone else is doing anything else particular, we're going to move on to the next round, which requires another check from Liz. Go ahead, Liz. I believe in you, Liz. Uh, someone has to. Well, she's manifestly real. It's true, I have physically met Liz. Therefore, I know she is not a figment of the internet. Or me. I've never met you. No, I mean, she's she's also not me. <laughs> oh, no. Oh no! Yeah. Um. Okay. I rolled a four, guys. Yeah. Um. That's a four ship... with advantage. Yeah. Like the ship barely moves a couple hundred feet because the shock of losing two people out of the the network. I mean, two people isn't enough, but it, I mean, you you were running on not enough people as it was. So yeah, the ship lurches, barely falls two hundred feet, and the dragon reaches it. Um. Since you, you since uh, Fizzle did the thing with the, the goblin, the cannons are currently locked to Conahay's will, so Conahay can decide to fire them. Nobody else can. Um, if you decide you want to shoot, try and shoot the dragon, go ahead. Otherwise, it reaches the ship. Uh, I don't know if I want to try to shoot the dragon because it's just going to make us all black out, but the dragon could also eat us and... Uh... Also, Corey, you, you're aware that you might be able to physically run up to get back to that harpoon and fire it, you're, but that's the only action you could take since you're not plugged in and you're not on the deck right now. You'd have to take a full a full move action to get up there. Okay. Uh, then, yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Liz, you're up first. Are you going to be attacking or not? I think we want to keep moving, not attack. Okay. Corey, you get to the harpoon... It's swung as far to the side as it can. The dragon is kind of to the aft, so this is not a great chance. Um, I'm assuming that kind of he knows that and turn, can try and turn the ship a little to give you a shot. But you, you roll a 2d20 with no bonuses. to straight-up d20 roll because you're not proficient with the use of this weapon. But you do roll pretty well. The thing is massive. It's not hard to hit. Uh, roll 3d8 plus 9. Okay. okay. The harpoon actually blasts outward, um, catches this thing in the wing. It seems to do a reasonable amount of damage, and it shrieks, but it then opens its mouth very wide. We're going to um, do an how, opposed how, thing here. How close is the dragon? Within 100 feet. But not within 30 feet? Not within 30 feet, no. Uh, Liz, I need you to make a handling check, which is your survival. Am I doing this with advantage or just a straight check? The straight check. You currently are just trying to keep the boat pointed the right way. Oh god, we're all gonna die. <laughs> a pl- huge blast of flame 
and molten rock and pulverized rock comes out of the thing's mouth and hits the uh, the sails. Everybody make another constitution saving throw who's currently plugged in. So if you failed it and fell out, you don't have to make it. Anybody who's not plugged in, make a dexterity saving throw. That includes... Uh, yeah, if you are not plugged in, make a dexterity saving throw. Hang on, let me check. I gotta check the text. That's just d20 plus my dex bonus? It, it should be a saving throw thing on your your chart. You'll probably have proficiency in dexterity saving throws, so it will be your dex plus proficiency, but it should be right underneath your stats. Saving throws, get the wrong panel. I hit 18 on this dex saving. Okay, you're fine. 12. Um, you get thrown to the deck, but you were already kind of on the deck, so it's not that big a surprise. If I did that right, 14? You barely managed to stay up. 17. You may, you're a dwarf. You're pretty solid. You just kind of plant yourself. You stay up. Kevlin, did you make one? Uh, 13. Uh, I think they said, yeah, 12. Yeah. You're, you basically barely hold on. You're, you stay up, but... Oh, no, you were in the chair, right? I was in the chair. Okay, then that's a con save? Yes. I yeah. a con you, save. you get thrown out. Oh, I should have stayed a bear. Yeah. <laughs> so I believe at this point it's just you and the goblin. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just uh, Conahay and the goblin. Were, and who are Ooh, plugged thank in. goodness someone put that goblin in there. Oh boy, uh, Mitch, you you are in trouble. You are in trouble. I'm just <laughs> if I survive this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the ship is now on fire. Specifically, the the sails are on fire. Make another survival check. Everybody. No, uh, this is Conahay needs to keep the ship in the air. She wants to keep it up, but she also wants to put it down. So it's this is all very complicated. Actually, though, not too bad a roll. Okay. I, um, I managed to make a 15 this time, so that's something. You basically realize the best thing to do is to roll with what's happening, and you put the nose of the ship down. Uh, everybody who is not currently sitting in one of the chairs, so everybody but the goblin needs to make a dex save. And I'll tell you right now, the difficulty is 16. Yeah. I did not make them. My rolls are, are straight fire this this morning. You said dex save again? Yep. And the difficulty is 16. Warp. You make a 16. <laughs> oh, technically, ah. I, technically I'm exhausted. Don't I don't do that at disadvantage. Uh, that is correct. Not, not that it really matters. but You don't, you don't have to re-roll. I'm, you, yeah, you know, I it's failed. fine. I am so but dexterous. Everybody but, um, but Mitch's bird... Gets like you get pinned to the deck as the ship knows that uh, you you can't this round you can't do anything. Um, Corey, you need to make another deck save because you are on the deck of the ship, not on, in the hold. You are actually out. You might get thrown. That okay. would be a fourteen. Forgot my bonus yeah. There. You managed to grab a rope. Um, you're not. You don't get thrown off the ship, but you are currently holding on to a rope. On underneath the flaming sails as the nose of the ship heads straight for the water. Um, it does drop almost all the way to the ground. So that's good. The dragon does not apparently want to follow into a flaming nosedive and is trying to track you along, but it doesn't immediately go down after you. Also, it looks to be pretty hurt. Its wing took a took a shot from the harpoon. Actually, oh no. make a uh, need to roll a... What was the damage roll I had you roll before? D8 plus... It wasn't D8. 3d8. Wasn't it? 3d8 yeah. plus 9. The harpoon is... It was. You fired the harpoon, which hit it in the wing, and then Liz pointed the ship straight to the ground and ripped the harpoon out of the dragon's wing. So 
I need you to roll that damage again. Uh, 26. Okay, it, it's... It doesn't save, so yeah, you rip the harpoon right out of its wing as you, as the ship goes down. The harpoon tears out of its wing, and it, it makes another, like, high-pitched shriek. Uh, Fizzle, again, this to you, this sounds like with that time that you, uh, you decided to pluck feathers out of your, like, sister's tail, and oh, no. she screamed. Yeah, so that definitely hurt. Um, that, that thing is not happy. It doesn't, with its wing in that shape, it doesn't follow you because it's not capable of controlling its flight as well as it normally would be able to. So, you guys get about, you are less than 200 feet from the from the water at this point. The river is large, by the way. It's, um, if you've ever seen the Mississippi, it's about as wide as the Mississippi as it goes into the delta when it's heading south. If you've never seen that, think you know any large river that you've ever heard of. It's it's big. It's like it's like about a mile across. You think. At this point. So we are a flying ship that's on fire hurtling towards a very large river. I'm going to see if correct. I can take care of the fire thing. Okay. You go up on... Oh, you can't. You failed your save. Right. You I'm are you are on the deck. Uh, new round. Last survival check, Conahay. One way or the other. Good time for that roll. She rolled a 21. Uh, since it's a natural 20, you managed to pull the ship out of the dive and actually... Hit the side of you hit the surface of the river, going along the the same direction as its waves. So you the ship skips like three or four times, but it doesn't break up or wipe out. You're now successfully in the water, and with that, you no longer need to be using the throne. Like your your knowledge of how this thing works is you you throw yourself out of it and stand back up, uh, grabbing hold of the the wheel, and you're just steering it like a ship now. Does the act of crashing into the water like that put out any or all of the fire? No. The, the, that's okay. not. The sails are still burning. That's not how fire works. You have to. I you should, have to have dunked the sails in the river first. That would have been a much harder roll. I mean, it could have been like a really big splash. It is, but it, the splash is not sufficient because it's, have... you're using the water to get there. It doesn't do it. Um, okay. However, since the ship is now down and it was actually a really good roll. People who were knocked prone last round can get up and do stuff this round. Since we're not using com- we're not using initiative, your actions aren't like this isn't combat actions. You can be considered to be up. Uh, what are you? Is anybody doing? I'm gonna go reload the arbalist. Okay. I look around at everybody, smile, and put my hands in the air like like cheering, like we did it, everyone. I, okay. Aren't we still I, on I a burning boat? boat? We are. We're still, still on a burning boat, but I'm excited. <laughs> I. I want to steer us towards whatever patch of shore seems safest. Like, is there anywhere we could get off this? Sure, uh, make a perception check. At this point, you're just using your eyes. You're the only one who doesn't have a, a, a level of exhaustion because you're the only one who didn't fail a save and got up successfully at your own, under your own power. Okay, 16. Uh, there's... There looks to be cleared patches on both sides of the of the lake of the river. It's a it's a large river. Maybe a mile is pushing it, but it's a big river. Uh, it's several hundred feet across. Um, first, you were about to go port side, but then you see what appear to be some kind of reptilians like basking in the in the water, and even you see one of them pull some kind of like deer-like animal into the water and begin spinning it around. So you're like, not those guys. The other side, however, seems fairly clear. Uh, it's rockier. But it looks clearer. You think you could get the ship over there? You might have to ground it because there's no real way to stop it. Otherwise, this is a river with like a 
with a you know it's got a flow. So you're thinking you, you can ground it over there and, and get off if that's what you want to do. Uh, I think that's probably a better idea. How how on fire are we exactly? <laughs> How, at this how much point, fire is there? At this point, like, three of the seven main sails have gone up. Mm, yeah, we should get off this boat. Uh, yeah, I'm heading for land, and we can ground the boat and figure out whatever else later. Okay. I think that's a good idea. How's Bob doing right about now? Uh, They're the only one left still sitting. I pull him out of the chair. Oh. Well, oh, we're um, going to have words, bird boy. You now have well, an unconscious... You have an unconscious goblin in your hand. Uh... It's actually pretty heavy because goblins are slightly larger than gnomes. Uh, it, it's like... Yeah, I just kind of gently put him down. I'm not carrying his ass. I'm just making sure okay. he's there. I take at this point, it's two rounds to get to the shore. Uh, the dragon thing does not seem to be coming down. Apparently the wing injury was more than it liked. Uh, at this point, we're done making checks and so forth. And you can just, just tell me what you decide to do. Um However, the, the one thing that you can be sure of is that the, the sails are still on fire. What do you guys do on the boat for the two rounds before it reaches shore? I'm just preparing to get off the boat. I don't know what anybody else is doing. I'm going to grab Bud and drag him upstairs onto the, uh, the top of the boat. I'm not going to leave him downstairs. Okay. Kevlin? Hmm. I'm going to hold on and see how well we take the landing. Okay. Uh, Hold on to something. Is there any buckets or anything I could try and help, like throw water on the fire? Uh, yeah, that's probably something like that you could find pretty easily. Uh, you don't think you're going to be doing much though, because a, in order to get buckets of water, you'd have to lower yourself ten feet to the water line. This is a relatively large ship, uh, and secondly, a bucket of water is not going to put that out. Uh, at this point, the the actual mast is burning. So wood is now caught. This is now effectively a ship that is now a wick. It is going to burn. You'd, in order to put it out, you would have to do something like uh, maybe like ice storm or cold, a cone of cold or something. It would it would be a major, you know. If you had control water, you could pull up enough water to like drench the the mast and possibly put it out. But anything short of that, you don't think a, unless an actual bucket brigade was formed, yeah, there's not much chance. I actually am shaped. Okay. You have shape water, you said? Uh, you choose an area of water that you can see within range that fits in a five-foot cube. You can manipulate it, blah, blah, blah. Change the flow of water. Cause the water to form simple shapes. Change That's not going to do it. It would need water. to be like an actual, like, you'd need to be able to make like a like a significant body of water. Five feet isn't going to cover it. I can do ray of frost. Also probably not going to do it. Yeah, I mm. had the same thought, but I... I the area that was affected is, is too big. I'm telling you up front, ice storm in its sleep form is going to work, would work. I don't think anything less than ice storm would work, and I believe ice storm is a third level spell. If it's not, it's a second level spell. It's not going to be a first level. Heading for the Okay, at this point. Um, sorry, does, does it, if we're out of combat, do, do hit points matter? Like, does anyone need to restore them? Uh, no one's injured, really. Okay. So that's not really a concern. Everyone except you and Gim have a level of exhaustion. You, Gim, and Kanahe do not. Everybody else does. Everybody who is inside one of the, the seats who got thrown out has taken a level of exhaustion. Okay. Well, so I, The goblin's actually taken three levels of exhaustion, which is why it's not really doing anything. 
Okay, I'm just gonna go above deck and kind of loom over the goblin. Like, I I want to keep an eye on this asset. Okay. I'm assuming you say asset and not asshat. Uh, yes, asset. I don't want to asset. That's fine. You, you do it. <laughs> So yeah, I'm getting ready to jump off this boat the minute we the minute we're anywhere relatively safely close near land. Liz, one more survival check, please. This time it's straight up. So okay, Liz, uh, kind of hey, kind of loses it at the end there and sort of smashes it hard into some rocks. Uh, the boat lurches and you're now on the shore. Uh, the boat is literally up on the beach and you're pretty sure it took some damage, but you don't really care since it's also currently on fire. Um, everybody make me a, let's say, make a dexterity saving throw. Real quick, are, are can't you flightless birds? Or, or can I, like... You are flightless. You cannot fly like, at all. Okay. I can't even, like, slowly hover off the ship? Nope. You're just like an Hey, some of them aren't broken. What are we without the sky? Okay. Zelen, uh, you try and get off the boat and you trip and fall into the water. <laughs> so graceful. Um, I'm not everybody dead. else gets off. Everyone else gets off fine. Uh, Mischief is actually the last to get off because nobody helped her get up or in any way, you know, get herself up. So she makes her way up on her own. But she does find getting off the boat because she's pretty graceful. Uh, and at this point, you guys are standing on the shoreline of the beach next to a river while the boat you were on burns itself down to the waterline. We should Wait, did, probably did the goblin did Bob come with us? Did someone bring him? I'll let you guys say you I did. was going to. Okay. I, I would like to have carried Bob. Uh you have a nine strength. I have a fifteen strength. Yeah, you 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 try and drag him over to the side. It's several moments of anxious squawking. Uh, Gim walks over, Medeal walks over, one hands the goblin up onto her shoulder and just kind of looks at you like, really? And then, you know, walks off with him and still manages to make the save and get off the boat just fine. I remember that look. At this point, you're all on the uh, beach. She brought my bikini. As the uh, boat burns down to the waterline, you realize you never did search it for anything other than, you know, the, the seats and so forth. They didn't check the hold to see if it had any valuables or anything. We are a literal ship of fools. At this point, however, the boat is now a campfire, so it's nice and warm, and if any of you were feeling cold, the, the flaming boat does help with that. Um, if only we had you more can... time and somebody didn't exhaust the crew exit, like to further things and could have maybe not had to fight a dragon. If, hmm. if only someone hadn't fired the cannon exhausting the crew. I that freaking us... thing. Squawk! But... The bird, the bird is. You guys, as you guys are arguing this, the bird does in fact squawk at you. Um, you can see from here when you look back in the direction you came from. The trees are actually obscuring a ways, but you can see the peak, and it has like subsided into itself. The skull is now standing almost straight up and is being like falling into what remains of the top of the volcano. It wasn't a true explosion. It wasn't an eruption the way you understand them. But it's almost like the volcano is now feeding on itself. You're not getting the sense that it's going to explode again. Like that, you think what happened was the thing inside of it got free, and you're not sure why or or what that had to do with anything. Why were they there? Why were you there? That's all stuff you don't know. Well, I say we find cover and rest because I'm I I am exhausted. I think that's a good idea. I think that's 
the only. At the very least, we should get away from this very large pile of burning boat that will, if anyone is looking for it, would lead it right to us. Correct. Okay. I, I agree with this. Uh, I believe we're at the pretty much close to the halfway mark for the the session because we're only going to for like another hour or so. Um, so I'm going to say let's take a break so we can all do bio and stuff and be back in like five minutes if possible. Is that cool with people? Besides Mitch's bird self? Bird. That's excellent. Okay. Uh, see you guys in five. Well, you guys complete a long rest because I assume that's what everybody wanted to do. Uh, go ahead and take a level of exhaustion off. So if you only have one level of exhaustion, you're fine. Uh, the, the goblin still has two. And that's assuming you feed it. If you don't give it any food, then it stays at three. No, I'm going to give him some food. Yeah, I'm going to make sure he's fed. I like the goblin more than I like the bird. I think this goblin could prove useful. Uh, Dan, by the way, you're muted. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, things going on in the background, so I just want to make sure you guys don't hear it. That's fine. Uh, okay. You now, you've, you guys have completed a long rest. You're on the shore. It's now actually dusk. It was, it was middle of the day before, but it's now dusk. The sun is setting. I'm back. Okay. Uh, like I said, you guys have completed a long rest. It's dusk. You are on the shore. What are you doing? Well, so now the million dollar, or million gold question. Where are we? Does anybody know? He woke up in the volcano, uh, in a room. We were all wearing the same kind of crowns that you guys were when, but you were in tubes on a ship. Like this! Mischief holds up one of them. See? They're really pretty. Uh, I had one. The, the thing is, it didn't fit over my horns very well, and I guess they didn't put that into account. So, they were having trouble getting it on? Or taking it off? Or something? I don't I don't know. But, at any rate, yeah, I, to- I totally uh, stabbed a guy. And I got free. I didn't. Tr- I was trying to talk to him nicely, but he kept making me stab him. Do I remember, like, what's the last thing I remember before waking up here? Where did you live? Like, you lived in, in Astrotown or another city? Yeah, yeah, whatever, I forgot the name of the, the whatever the, the highly magical city is. Oh, you were in Piedor, okay. Yeah. You, the last thing you remember is you attended a symposium on magical developments in, uh, you know, pre-Riaton settlement cultures. Uh, specifically, there are some ruins out near the Inezian border that everyone's really fascinated in. It was a great talk. You were very excited. You had some theories of your own. And you went to bed. And that's it. Do I, do I remember what the date was? Yes, but I don't have a calendar worked out that well. So Right, no, that, was, that's fine. That's fine. Arbitrary date. Like, I'm just seeing if I can figure out roughly the passage of time once I get to a place of living. Okay. Uh, Let's talk to the goblin. Yeah. You say that, or are you, are you a bear again? I'm saying that. Okay. Everybody is surprised. You can talk! I keep forgetting that. What's your name? Yeah, we're not that familiar. Let's talk to the goblin. <laughs> she looks a little hurt. Okay. My name's Mischief. Goblin is, like, kind of sitting there in a lump. It's still got two levels of exhaustion on it, so it's not very perky. It's... <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Where'd the cat go? Please don't let the cat eat me. You you did good. You were very worthy. But now we need your help. Where are we? Do you know? Yes. You're right there. Do you know if there's any civilizations near where the mountain was? Towns? People? Uh, that, that, that we lived in the mountain. Where did you get your supplies from? Boats. Like the one you just burned. How long did it take to get there? Ah, uh, um... The goblin's giving you a look like I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. 
Right. Anybody else want to try? I am fresh out of patience. Uh, do you know why we were captured and had the crowns put on our heads? To keep you from getting away? By who? The master. And where's the master now? I don't know. Do you want me to bring the cat back out? No. We're going to need some real answers. That's the answer. You ask where master is. Master doesn't tell me where master goes. Why, why would you tell me? I have a feeling he's a pawn in a much larger story. He's just the, the fairy guy. What direction, what direction did we go? Or did you go to get things from the mountain? You get on the boat. Someone sits in the chair. The boat goes. But where? Where did the boat go? Well, we know from we know from sitting in the chair that unless he exerted his will, he wouldn't be able to see what was on. Right, like those of us that were in the chair. Yeah, if you if you weren't, he would. First of all, he wouldn't have been seated in the chair or in any of the, the sub chairs. Right. He wasn't a, a galley slave, and he wasn't the one who runs the yeah. ship. From what little you can you can follow of this guy, he's effectively the engineer. But but you're not even sure that's what he does. He just he worked on the boat. Yeah, so there's. It's like you're asking a you're asking a deckhand to give you the navigation of the boat. Yeah, they, they don't do that. <laughs> hmm. Some sometimes we go to city white city with all the orkies, and sometimes we go to elf city, and sometimes we go to city where people will stab you if you get off the boat, so you don't get off the boat because you don't want to get stabbed. Let's start with the elf city. How how long did it take to travel there? How many days? Huh. At this, point, at this point, I just glower at him and go, stab! Ah. He may not have a concept. If he's not allowed yep. up on the boat, he may not have an idea of days and miles and this type of thing. If you want to make, at this point, you want to make like a persuasion check, go ahead, because you're trying to get him to talk about stuff he doesn't really understand in the first place. Uh, Let's, let, let, me, let me approach this abstractly then. Since... Liz's character was flying the vessel and control the vessel and had an idea of how fast the vessel was able to move with us packed in the seats. If we get an idea of how many galley slaves there were, could maybe she extrapolate how fast the ship moved and we can sort of reverse engineer how far away this was from other things? Okay, uh, that's interesting. Um, Liz is currently not here, unfortunately, or I would have her make a roll. Oh, uh, oh you are I here? I am here. Okay, good. She spoke. Yeah, you, were, you were talking when I got back, so I let you keep talking. Okay. Uh, if you want to try to do what he just said, you need to make a arcana check or an intelligence check. You can one person can help and give advantage yeah. if they have either arcana or intelligence. You know, like intelligence is just intelligence, but arcana would be like an arcana check. I was going to offer to assist because I have arcana. Okay. I don't have a bonus on either of those. Yes, but it doesn't matter because you're the only one who could make this then, because you were the one who was piloting the ship. Then, well, what if we did it reversely? What if I made the check with her feeding me the information? Well, she just checked and rolled a one. Mm. So, I mean, since you have advantage, you can roll again. But she's the one who's making the check because that's how it was set up. Yep, fair enough. Okay, 12. Keep in mind that it is a process you do not really truly understand. Um, you think, based on what you what happened when people got in and you could feel them getting in, that with a full arrangement there were like forty benches and one per one bench per person, with forty people and a captain, you could probably make significant time um, faster than any normal sailing ship. 
but that doesn't really tell you how exactly how fast you'd be going. Um, you know that it, you were going at like at your fastest, and you were in a panic. You were moving about three thousand feet per second. That's that's how fast you you that was the fastest you got the ship to move. You think you could have done that easily if you had forty people? That could have been maintained indefinitely. Uh, you think you probably could have gotten a solid twelve to fifteen miles a day, if not further. But that doesn't really tell you anything because yeah. Without knowing where you are, you know that could that could still be a month to get anywhere or more. Um, you do know, however, and and this is this is uh, something that that Kanahe would know. You are further north than Riaton, than even the most further north, further most northern parts of the Riaton, because the sun is still not set, and you just completed a long rest, and it's easily like roughly it would be like 10 to 11 p.m., and the sun is still not down. And the Riotons in the north, so you're north of that. You are in the unknown places. You're relatively certain. This is an area that has never been mapped, or you know, because people came to the Riaton from the south, and that was like hundreds of years ago. You don't know where you are. Like this is not a place you've ever been. Well, I'm open to suggestions. Anybody have an idea? Well, burnt our boat, and we sound like we're pretty far away from anything else. So I say, see if we can find some more transportation. There were other islands we could see when we were up. Uh, did I did I get a count of how many, or we were on the biggest one? You were on a large island. There were other islands almost the same size, if not slightly larger. They appeared to be like broken off from this one, if that makes any sense. Like You feel like you're in an archipelago of some sort. It seems like we're certainly far enough north that... If we want to get back to civilization, we need to go south at some point, which would involve a boat. And I'm just going to glance over at the smoldering embers of the boat, if we can still see it. Yeah, you didn't go that far from it. The boat is now burned to the waterline. Dan, I sent you a message. Okay. Are you still in half-elf form? Yes. Okay. Then you, then you just hear it. You don't see it or smell it. Do I know what kind of noises? Rustling. In which direction? Uh, towards the uh, shore. I mean, not towards the shore, sorry, towards the uh, land and more inland than where you currently are. Okay, so uh, I'm going to say you need to make a decision quickly because I think something is coming from that direction. Um, in wherever he points at, uh, I, there's trees around us, right? Like he's pointing at, at kind of... You're on the bank of a river. Uh, the, the Basically, it goes up 10 or so feet of like rocks and beach. Then you start hitting like actual dirt, and it starts going uphill, and then there is trees, and then there are like six kobolds standing there watching you. Um, then there's like a kind of staircase well made out of stone that goes up further. So did he point at the kobolds? That is correct. Oh, okay. Uh, now that you're all looking, you can all see them. Gotcha. They're all are they peering at us? Oh yeah, they're peering over the brush, kind of gibbering at each other. One of them goes, "Dark meat." And, uh, I think actually, we... sorry, I don't think you would understand that. Uh, does anyone here speak Draconic? I do not. Okay, so mostly no. slurping and licking of lips, but you don't actually hear the words. Does Bob speak Draconic at all? No. He speaks Goblin in common, and the fact that he speaks common is unusual. He is, however, trying to crawl backwards <laughs> towards the water. Do I notice this? It's not hard to see. He's not. He's not being subtle about it. He's like, oh god, Barky. Scale dog people again. Okay, I I would like to 
slowly make my way over to him, stand behind him, and then just stare at him like, no. Okay. He bumps up against you, looks up, sees you. Ah, black, ma- angry bird. And since uh, since we know Joe is going to be out fairly soon, um, I'm going to say we stop here for now. This is the this is the break point. Uh, All yeah, the nice listeners have gone. No, not here. Sorry, guys, but anything that goes on further will probably be long and drawn out and involved, and we, you know, we're losing somebody right now. So I don't feel like it's. I'm already running one person's character. I don't want to be running two people's characters at the same time. It's kind of a lot. So I'm gonna call it here, if you guys don't mind. That's um, fine. But yeah, uh, try and remember where you were. You're on the beach. Boat's on boat burned to the waterline. Uh, don't know exactly where you are. Probably to the far north. And there's cobalt. Uh, so yeah. But hey. Dan made that check uh, without even knowing he was making it, and uh, you weren't snuck up on by kobolds, which is good. It's a much better position to be in than the other way. So, uh, any questions you guys have about the game as it went? Like anything you wanted to know about? No. That thank I can you. Tell you. Thank you very much for running. Yeah, no, no it was fun. Uh, I'm going to say up front: uh, if if Liz had failed on another one of those rolls, you guys would have crashed, but if she had succeeded on all of them, you guys would have kept get to keep the boat. So, yeah. When you say crash, would we have all died? No, but it certainly wouldn't have been pleasant. Uh, that was actually a nice, that was a fairly soft wall. Quite frankly, you guys got lucky. Kanahe, he did it as well as she did, because she that could easily have gone badly for y'all. Um, the way this is set up, there was actually an opposing check that you didn't get to see. Like, every time she'd roll, I would also roll against it. So a couple of those rolls, the fact that they were so high was very good for you. And that one four, yeah, that one four, the dragon nearly killed you. It was very bad. I was like, ah, oh, God. Oh, thank God, Corey rolled well. Oh, I, this was not going to be good. You did not want to get in that fight. So, yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, I'm, I'm mad I, I ran this game. Thanks to everybody for playing in it and all you guys for listening. Uh, at this point, though, we're going to cancel streaming. So, yeah, take it easy, everybody. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.